You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. And this is a podcast pairing discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know, starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. (laughs) I said that with a straight face. This is... Distilling Theology. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 100th episode of Distilling Theology. What? I'm your co-host, Blake Courtright, joined as always by Justin Van Riper, the man, the myth, the legend. And we're also joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Jett, our sometimes co-host. We had to have him back. Hey, guys. What's going on, bro? The manlier, the mythier, the legendier. Oh, I like it. I missed a chance there. So uh, close. How you guys doing back? I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be a part of the 100th episode. I can't mm. believe it. I, I remember listening. Your brother. I remember I listening to the first episode where you guys recorded on that one little blue microphone. Yeah. Yeah. That you shared in, you know, that that was rough. If what, yeah, that, yeah. that audio is bad to the quality. Good yeah, times. yeah. But I remember listening to it when you first came out. And you guys, it was an Irish whiskey you drank, right? It was, uh, yeah, it, it was, was Teeling. 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 That's teeling right. Single malt, I remember I think. it was an Irish, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Sitting, sitting in my dining room, recording together. We, we, uh, went through like several different songs to try to find out something for the intro. I mean, it was just a, it was a wild ride, man. It was a mess. Man. And then, and then we were like, we should probably record an intro. At the end of the night, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, you know we we'd been doing tastings all day, so uh, that was that was an adventure trying to record that intro. It was it was whiskey business. It sure <laughs> yeah. was. Four, four yeah. episodes. Would we do four episodes in a row? Yeah, you know, you know, talking about the uh, the whiskey you guys drank <clears throat> for the first episode, we missed an opportunity, Blake and Justin. But your suggestion of what we're going to be drinking tonight, we could have just drank Teeling. We could have visited it a hundred episodes later and see what our notes were on that. Well, would have been cheaper. (laughs) Thank you guys coming for coming to this episode. We'll see you next time when we're prepared for what we're going to do. Thanks, Eric. That's not a terrible idea. Uh, But yeah, we're we're prepared to drop a lot of money on. That's right. That's right. But before (laughs) we get to drinking tonight, that'll be our two hundredth episode. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Uh, But yeah, it's also our three year anniversary because episode one Mm. introductions plus Teeling single malt Irish whiskey dropped on October the 12th of 2019. So technically a day off, but now we're a Tuesday release podcast. So here it is. Um, But the description just says, join Justin and Blake as they launch a new podcast discussing discussing theology, distilled spirits, and dad jokes. In this introductory episode, Blake and Justin introduce themselves. <laughs> Their passion for theology, whiskey, and dad jokes, and the general concept of the podcast. Disclaimer, some bad puns ahead. Check us out on Patreon for exclusive content and pre-release episodes. We were so ambitious. Oh. Dude, we started episode one with Patreon because we're out of control. Yeah, we are out of control, but uh, Super it, it's humble. good. Um, and yeah, so for... 400 episodes, I, I, Justin and I went back and forth, and it was like, we could have picked something we really, really love. We could have picked something nostalgic. And I thought, you know, 100 episodes, three-year anniversary, let's, let's pick something- Let's be bougie. Yeah, let's be bougie. Let's pick something <laughs> celebratory that 
isn't necessarily indicative of its caliber. Eric, of- I, I can't tell that you have any sort of feelings about this whatsoever. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, no. It's, I, like, okay, so what Blake is about to announce when we're drinking, which you guys probably already know if it's in the episode title, but <laughs> I told him I was going to save all of my ire for for the episode. I love it. It's yeah, so we boy. actually get to it. <laughs> so and and we'll get into it in a moment. But the thing was it was like what's a celebratory whiskey? And and oftentimes we are tasting things off the beaten path, which is really fun. This is not off the beaten path in terms of popularity. In fact, it's one of it, it is from one of the top whiskey uh sellers in the world and it's one of the most expensive bottles of of like mainline things. That doesn't mean True. it's the best by any means. And I'm sure we'll get into that as we taste it. But tonight we're going to be tasting Johnny Walker Blue Label. And because there's no way I'm spending that much money on a full size <laughs> bottle, we got these little airplane sample <laughs> bottles. Uh, so and and who knows, maybe it'll be really great. And I'll be like, yeah, let me get it. But the thing is, at this point in my in whiskey journey, I'm like, for that amount of money, there's so many other things I'd rather there's buy, so which I will say things. out of the gate. But who knows? I will reserve judgment till I taste it. Uh, so yeah, we got some notes in here. So, I've been talking so for a while. Well, well, have either of you guys had Johnny Walker Blue Label yet? Ever? I had a sip uh, at a friend's wedding probably five or six years ago. Uh, he had gotten it as a gift. And so he was like, hey, you like whiskey, don't you? I said, yeah. And I had no experience, really. So I, I sipped. He's like, this is like a $300 bottle of whiskey. You got to try it. So I tried it and I was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, I wasn't, like, blown away, but I remember tasting it back then, And but my palate now is entirely different than it was, so I'm mm, yeah. curious to, to try it again, uh, having done this for the last three years, so yeah. it'll be interesting. And likewise, I had it uh, at a friend's house, but it was a heavily oxidized bottle, because he had it around Oof. for, like, five years, and it was only, like, a, third, a quarter of the bottle left, so I have no idea. Basically, my only experiences with Johnny Walker... Um, we did the double black with Sam. Mm-hmm. I do genuinely mm-hmm. enjoy the green label. Good. I like the I double think, black, yeah. And the uh, the Blade Runner edition is really something special, and it's really too bad that was a limited release because that was pretty fantastic. But anyways, yeah, I haven't had the blue label yeah. for real before. So uh, that's that's why you suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just Johnny Red with coloring. <laughs> oh man! Oh no! So so uh, last time I was on. You guys made me spend my hard-earned money on a bottle of Bullet. Bullet. <laughs> now I had to go spend twenty dollars on a on fifty milliliters <laughs> of Johnny That's right, Walker it's not Blue even Label. Two ounce bottle, is it? It's not. Oh, it's, it's fifty so, milliliters, no. and so. uh, which I've I've had a number of times, and um, it you know well, we'll, well I'll share my feelings about that in a moment, but. So uh, while I was there, I also picked up a handle, uh, a 1.75 liter of Evan Williams, just the regular black label, because I had to walk out of there with something besides just one tiny $20 bottle. <laughs> the lady that rang me up, because they had it in a case with all their other nice whiskeys, and, and she was ringing me up, and she's like, and she had a little bit of a southern accent. I don't know if I can do that, but, you know, she's just sweet and like, man, $20 for a bottle of whiskey? Or for a shot? For a shot? $20? Man, what? <laughs> I mean, didn't you pay twenty dollars for a shot of Boulet at a uh, Bob Dylan concert? Yeah, I paid fifteen bucks for that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But I, I was I was irked about that too. Dude. Yeah, as you should be. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about this whiskey. Um, obviously, it's distributed by Diageo. Well, I don't know if that's obvious. Johnny Walker is distributed by <laughs> Diageo. 
Um, so they're not super forthcoming on their website about like anything. anything. <laughs> so, but what I can yep. tell you is it's 40% alcohol by volume or 80 proof. Uh, there's no age statement. I'm shocked. Uh, and there's color <laughs> added. And mm-hmm. it's a blend of single malt scotch and grain whiskeys. Um, mm-hmm. So, Eric, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about some of those things as someone who, who well, as our resident all, distiller. It, yeah. First of all, if it's 40% ABV, that is the bare minimum to be considered whiskey. So it is as low as it can possibly go. They've added as much water as possible, um, which means it's been sitting in my glass now for, I don't know, however long it's been since you and I, have, we, we've all been chatting and getting everything set up. So with what's evaporated, I don't think I even legally have whiskey in my glass anymore. <laughs> it's probably like 39% ABV by now. So we're not drinking whiskey tonight, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. Um, well, there goes our Johnny Walker sponsorship. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. No chance. That. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Whoops. Um, also, uh, let's see. You said caramel added, caramel coloring added. That um, I did so find a confirmation. That, yeah, so that's something that that Scotch whiskeys are allowed to do legally is that they can, oh, really? if they want to, add caramel coloring. Yeah, not like for example, to be a bourbon or a rye, you can't have any added coloring um, right. here in America. Some some American whiskeys can add coloring, but you're not a bourbon if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Scot in Scotland, uh, Scotch can add a certain amount of caramel coloring. Just in most places, do it to add, you know, give it a consistent color in the bottle. It's not as much to darken it um for example if you've had you know like lagavulin um they add caramel coloring they're also a diageo brand i've got Uh, not a very dark shoulder yeah them too they're they're not very dark whiskeys those isla scotches tend to be pretty light in color um (laughs) and so they're not even adding very much they're not trying to get it to look like bourbon they're just they're wanting some consistency uh the problem and we were talking about this before that um with caramel coloring i'm gluten intolerant and my wife is as well and she has noticed uh that now if she even has a glass of a scotch with caramel coloring she'll start feeling the effects of of gluten um me it's you know usually a couple glasses if i have a couple glasses of something that has it i'll start feeling you know well we don't need to go into what symptoms i feel but uh (laughs) if, if, if you're out there and you're listening and you're gluten intolerant or you're celiac um, most whiskeys you can drink, uh, the gluten stays behind in the distilling process. Um, but when caramel coloring is added there, it, <clears throat> there is gluten in that process. And so it's, it's very, very small trace amounts of it. Um, so it mm. really just depends how sensitive you are. I feel like I've been getting more sensitive to it lately where in the past, well, I you are really getting noticed. Older. Ooh. Yeah, and, and wiser. Yeah, I'm, just, and wiser. I'm a sensitive <laughs> snowflake too. Yeah. You know, I'm just sensitive about everything. There it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little tiny sample bottle can trigger you. I'm just kidding. Um, and, and the reason we got a sample bottle, in case you guys aren't aware, um, the retail for this oh, bottle yes. is like usually above $200. Uh, I yep. Locally, it's usually like 250 And that's just a yep. lot for a blend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who works in the marketing industry, like it is, I would say, largely the, the, the value is in the marketing and in the branding and in the positioning of this as this super premium whiskey for special occasions, which is kind of weird uh, given that there's no age. Like it, those things just don't go together and it's, it's largely just marketing. Um, and it's it a very nice label. Like, I mean, it's a blue yeah. label. It looks very ornate. And I think we'll, classy. yeah, we'll get into this when we talk about the, the mouthfeel and, and all that, but yeah. one, one, it's a status symbol for people. Um, sure. it's a very yeah. expensive bottle has a reputation like you're saying Blake mm-hmm. so it's it's people want to own it and show it off 
Yeah. Um, but it's also whiskey I for don't. people that it's whiskey for people that don't like drinking whiskey. <laughs> but no, really. But they boast. Listen, they boast that it's an exquisite <laughs> blend made from some of Scotland's rarest and most exceptional whiskeys. Only one in t- every ten thousand casks has the elusive quality, character, and flavor to deliver the remarkable signature taste of Johnny Walker Blue Label. That is extraordinary whiskey. Very extraordinary occasion. Those are, those, those those are, are certainly all words. Yeah. <laughs> it also, you know what else I was, I was thinking? That. that also sounds like Light and Flowers describing <clears throat> the Calvinist view of election. Only one in every 10,000. Uh, right? Like, that's kind of... Anyways. Um, yeah, that, that feels like... Whiskey, huh? Why would you even say... Like, what... <laughs> it just feels like such an outrageous... Yeah, that's a bold statement. That's a really bold statement to make. Let, yeah, especially because they know what they they know how they make it. It's not like they're like who are they fooling? Well, people who I, don't like whiskey. I think I think I have I have more to say about it, but oh, I've also please. poisoned the well so much, and you guys haven't even tried it yet. So I think maybe, maybe we should just taste it. We'll keep talking about it as like we're it. tasting it. What do you, what right, do you well, think? What do you guys? Because I'm sure people. Yeah, are, I like that. I like that. Yeah, we're 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 getting into it. Um. Okay, so I do smell so, those. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say it. It smells very much like uh, just kind of a Johnny Walker Scotch. It's not. I mean, you got spice, you got the dried fruit, berries, yeah. cedar, yeah. and honey and oats, like your normal. Mm-hmm. But again, they're like, like you said, these are the things I'm expecting yeah. from little citrus a, a blend of single malt and grain whiskey. Yeah. Like it's nothing surprising. Yeah, it's not out of character or anything like that. No, right. It, I agree with all those notes. It's it's a little bit of a one trick pony to me. I mean, though you named off more stuff than I probably would, uh, Justin. But it the the thing that really stands out to me is it's a heavily toasted mm-hmm. um, uh, whole grain bread. Yeah. So heavily yeah. heavily toasted whole grain bread. Yeah. With honey, just you know, just uh, tons of honey on it. Um, that's the main thing that really stands out to me i, I mean, do get a like little honey. bit of like a like peaches and cream there's a creamy quality to it and i really like those those i think you said berries and the, some subtle spice yeah um, well, there might the berries be some... and the cream it's almost like a pastry yeah the, it, it really is the thing about the nose is that it's so soft mm. it's so soft on the nose that 40 percent like yeah it, it doesn't seem like i'm smelling alcohol there's no burn at least in my nose it, it yep. it's 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 sweet there is more there if you want to dig, mm-hmm. but there's really one kind of note that jumps out uh, yeah. at me up front, and it just and that's 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 kind of all it is, which is fine. Yeah, all everything I'm saying here, any kind of disappointment I personally will uh, <laughs> in my my remarks about this whiskey has to do with the price tag associated yeah. Yeah. with it. Sure, if, right. if what I'm nosing right here, if this was like a forty dollar scotch, I'd be like, man, that's a great deal. Like that is such a fantastic nose. For that price point but yeah. so i'm kind of really taking that into consideration because it's this coveted whiskey that that you know people will drop you know a huge amount of their paycheck on and be like oh yeah. I, I finally got this bottle of johnny walker blue and <laughs> yeah you know that was well, actually it's very was, pleasant yeah i noticed that right out of the gate like you said i was i was really having to stick my nose in there to really get a lot of the flavor uh or a lot of the the, the smells because it was just very so like it's yeah. soft, it's kind of weak. Yeah. I should also say, well, you know what? Let's let's taste it because yeah, I let's... have I have some jokes about certain like Calvinistic 
dispensational Baptists who are definitely not confessionally reformed, but it's like, yeah, there's some really good stuff if you want to really dig, but like, why? When there's other yeah. sources you could read. All right, on that <laughs> right. note. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I should say that like, yeah. again, yeah. I, I keep saying it because I, I know I came out of the gate really harsh and I'm poisoning the well. It's not a bad whiskey. It no, really it's is not. not. It's it's a fine whiskey. It's it's just given the price three hundred dollar whiskey. And I'm right. also not one to just pan popular whiskeys or whiskeys sure. that you know. This is not be this is not hipster Eric. Hipster Eric exists, but this is not me being <laughs> cork sniffer hipster Eric. Um, for example, like I defend Jack Daniels left and right to people. Like there are yeah. people you know when they talking about me making whiskey and like oh you you must drink like good whiskey and no good stuff like because jack's crap and i don't know anything else that's good out there you need it i'm like dude jack's not crap it's good stuff like yeah. i i think jack mm-hmm. daniels makes some really solid whiskey their black label also 80 80 uh proof 40 percent as well that's a problem but um you know it's good <laughs> so i i just i say that as yeah, know, this is not me trying I to. I like the single barrel barrel proof. Rip on it's oh, good dude. stuff. Oh well, that that's stuff. amazing. It's really if, good stuff. That stuff is amazing. Yeah, yeah. and and anyway, in theory, I would I would add, um, if and again, I haven't tasted it, so maybe I'll be blown away. But if this was kind of like the single barrel barrel proof to Jack Daniel's old number seven mm-hmm. of like this to the black label, that right. might be a different <clears throat> animal. And I and I'm getting the sense that's probably not what we're gonna find, but that's okay. You know what? Uh. Uh, it was it was purely for like this is fun and honestly I think this is actually a really interesting discussion about whiskey yeah. and pricing and marketing so like I think this is great for a hundred episodes like how much <laughs> well, let's get on it then yeah let's do it all right <laughs> cheers cheers oh I'm sorry I think I took a sip of my water I, <laughs> that was was that whiskey I just had yeah it's definitely very light on the on the mouthfeel <laughs> like you said yeah it's kind of like drinking water texture wise. It's, um, um, it does have flavor, but it's subtle, just like the nose. It's like I really have to like think yeah. about what I'm tasting. It nothing's standing out to me. Uh, that the berry note really comes out. Yeah, um, that the the you put out there, Justin. That and that the honey on the toast. It, it, berry. Yeah, it's like a, a pastry, a very a yeah. nice pastry. I, that, I get a little bit of toffee and a little bit of malt. It's yeah. not overwhelming. Yeah, but very it, wistful. It is. It's um. It's there and then it's gone. Yeah. It doesn't linger. Um, oh yeah, no. In, the, yeah. There's there's pretty much no finish to speak of. Um, it's it's uh, it's good. It's fine. It's yeah. you know if you gave if you gave me this to drink, I, I'd drink it. But Absolutely. I'm not gonna drop twenty two hundred fifty. I am going to drop $20 on a little bottle because my friends asked me to, and I think That's it's good a friend. good idea to, to do it, but I'm not going to drop $250. I think it was 220 at my liquor store today. Oh, yeah. Um, no way. The big, the big bottle. Yeah. So it's just, it's fine. Like it's yeah. to me. And this is where now in the moment, like as we're talking about this, talking live on Patreon um, is when we were talking before and I kept giving you guys crap, like, why are we really doing blue label? Do I really have to go buy, you know, go into a liquor store be that guy, spend $20 on 50 milliliters because, you know, the marketing got me or something. You know, I had to swallow my pride and go do it. Um, Sanctification, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, la- and the lady to register, she she was saying like, you know, $20 for, for a shot? Like what? And I was like, ah, some of my friends are making me. <laughs> like I told her, <laughs> I, I couldn't. <laughs> totally throw us under the bus. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally had to. No, but, but um, so I was giving you guys, you know, uh, a hard time for it. And then when we were talking before we started recording this, I, 
I was like, I'm going to save all my ire and I'm going to let it all out on the planet. I, I was thinking it'd be funny. And now in the moment, I'm like, this actually is not funny because you guys have never had this before. Eh. And I'm sure you guys were excited to try it. It's still funny. Here well, I here's the thing. Totally though. I, and I think Justin Poisoning would the well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we are also people that like to smash like uh, things that are propped up as something that it isn't. Right. Like mm-hmm. theological, it's like, wow, look at how great this thing is. It's like, well, but, but it's really not like that's really <laughs> not great. Look, look at how great this this theological yeah. AFS is. No, right. <laughs> so so I hear you, but I also don't yeah. feel offended at all because I didn't pick this for episode 100 because I was really excited to try it. It was like, I'm never going to I'm never going to buy a bottle of this. Yeah, like never. So it's for special occasions. That's how they market it. And I'll spend 20 it, bucks once to try it. For well, a you can just get this, though. You got like. You got like an- three different Johnny Walker samples at the same time. Well, yeah, that's because someday we got to taste the red label because yeah. we have to start tasting yeah. things that people might actually encounter like at a wedding In or wild. something. Yeah. Like boulet. Boulet. Yeah, but, boulet. But this is, it, as they market it, uh, yeah. an extraordinary whiskey for extraordinary occasions. And this truly is an extraordinary occasion. I mean, it's 100 episodes, guys. That's that's, it, that's amazing you guys have come this far. So that's yeah. that's awesome. And I will drink whatever you ask me to drink. To they, I'll drink to that. So Thanks, brother. Um, no, it, it's a good whiskey. It's yeah. it's it's fine. So what I was going to say earlier, and I wanted you, you guys to taste it and you know have the mouthfeel to reference now. Mm. This is the whiskey like when people describe a, a whiskey being smooth, like I just want to find mm-hmm. the smoothest whiskey. I'm looking for a smooth whiskey. This is it. This is the mm-hmm. epitome of a smooth whiskey. This is what that is. Yeah. And for people that are not interested in, you know, tasting notes, they just kind of want to um, look uh, um, like someone who would drink whiskey. You know, they're at a bar. They want to play. They, they want to drop. They part. want to. They want to drop a lot of money on an impressive, on an impressive bottle or impressive pour of whiskey that costs a lot. That they look like. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to put ice in it. You know, I mean, I've I've met and been around people that have put Johnny Walker Blue on the rocks, bro. And I'm like, I, yeah, it's going to be like twenty percent ABV by the time you know you're done drinking that. So <laughs> it's it is the smoothest of the smooth whiskeys. And yeah. if if that's what you're going for. All you care about is you want your whiskey to feel like you're drinking water. Then buy a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. There's there's yeah, none it, smoother. It's, it's like one of those flavored electrolyte waters. <laughs> kind of. It's kind of like a Lacroix. This is, is like if Lacroix came out but not a non-carbonated. Like if you let it go flat. <laughs> flat Lacroix. <laughs> a flat la- whiskey flavored Lacroix. I don't think That's there's anything is. else to add to that other than I'm just going to read this little blurb from uh, tastingtable.com. It's on the internet, so it must be true. Um, they say the brand was built on the foundation of red and black label. They became the standard of Scotch whiskey throughout the 20th century. Um, and the owner saw a niche in the market to be filled by a status symbol spirit in the late 1980s. Of course, it was the 80s. Elite mm-hmm, business yeah. people began investing in high-end wines from California. And when Johnny Walker's corporate reps saw the opportunity for spirits, for the spirits world to follow suit, they seized it. Focus groups were everything. Here we go. Oh, here it is. Focus groups. This So this is literally whiskey by committee. Focus mm-hmm. groups were held in the form of whiskey dinners where marketing executives would gather data firsthand for members of this high-end demographic. <laughs> uh, so this fo- is a perfect example of rich people telling poor people what they want. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I'm not, even, not even telling poor people. Like they, I think they were trying, like you said, Blake, yeah. it's yeah. the 80s. 
they even said they're trying to create a whiskey that was a status symbol. Right. Yeah. They're trying to come yeah. figure out what, you know, wealthy people will want to spend $200 on a bottle of whiskey on and they want something that's smooth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. old and in a fancy blue bottle. Like mm. that's yeah. That's it. This is interesting here too. So it's like uh the the flagship bottles at this event or these events that they were doing this market research, red and black label were not the favorites. The bottle's supposed lack of echelon was not deemed suitable for their palates. Um, <laughs> instead, a spirit that evoked rarity, exclusivity, and luxury was in demand. Blue Label was exactly what they were looking for. Not only was it the highest priced spirit on the market by far, but the blend of whiskeys inside the bottle was also a marvel. And this is the claim from, from the 80s. Containing whiskey only 28 years old and above, Blue Label was unlike anything else on the market. It became an instant status symbol referred to by whiskey seller and author Robert Robinson for Punch as the most perfectly engineered whiskey ever created. I think that's a good yeah. way to put that. It's whiskey by committee. It, it's well engineered. And you know what? I'm glad I got to enjoy it with my boys. Whiskey with, by committee. With, yeah, with I'm my still bros. enjoying it. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's like you it's said, good. it's I fine. Think, I think it was a good choice. It, I don't. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Episode 100. Let's go bougie. And let's and we did. get Johnny Walker blue label, you know? And we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Love you know what? I think it's time for a new beginning, Justin. <laughs> Listen, Blinzy, let's do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Only real ones now. Anyways, uh, Justin, what are we reading tonight as we transition from our silly songs with Larry here? <laughs> uh, y'all, open up your Valley Vision. And join us in prayer as we open, uh, I say open, we're like midway through the episode where we've been talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but we've been, and we're not even getting into like a serious theological discussion, so it's not like we're, listen, we should always pray. We're Christians, right? Uh, open up your value vision to page 174, new beginning, because with episode 100, we are, we are entering a new beginning. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ooh. <laughs> I see that. It was smooth like uh, this whiskey. Smooth like this whiskey. <laughs> but lacking would you guys the substance. Say, oh. Would you guys say your transitions <clears throat> right. have improved over 100 episodes or? <laughs> Listen, we're over 100 proof now. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting to the good stuff. Uh, that's right. That's Amen. it. Best is yet All to right, go. guys. Uh, let's pray. Incomprehensible, great and glorious God. I adore thee and abase myself. I approach thee mindful that I am less than nothing, a creature worse than nothing. My thoughts are not screened from my gaze. My secret sins blaze in the light of thy countenance. Enable me to remember that blood which cleanseth all sin, to believe in grace which subdues all iniquities, to resign myself to that agency which can deliver me from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Thou hast begun a good work in me, and canst alone continue and complete it. Give me an increasing conviction of my tendency to err, and of my exposure to sin. Help me to feel more of the purifying, softening influence of religion. Its compassion, love, pity, courtesy, and employ me as thy instrument in blessing others. Give me to distinguish between the mere form of godliness and its power, between life and a name to live, between guile and truth, between hypocrisy and a religion that will bear thy eye. If I am not right, set me right, keep me right, that I may at last come to thy house in peace. Amen. 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 <laughs> I, notice, 
Notice how he says, help me to feel more of the purifying, softening influence of religion and not relationship. <laughs> it's the Institutes of the Christian Relationship, Justin. Um, I think we told that joke in like some of the, the early episodes. I don't remember. Yeah, 100%. Um, man, three years, dude. What? Mm-hmm. It has been an extensive period of time, <laughs> but we've done a it's lot amazing. with that time. Yeah, and, man. um, yeah, and I think it would be great to talk about some of our highlights, some of our favorite memories, uh, yeah. in terms of like the things that we've whoa, whoa, enjoyed. Whoa. Uh, one of my favorite like... things, listen, one of my favorite things was, was meeting Eric and his yeah. sweet mustache. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Stop that. We're not doing that again. Not oh, this it's episode. Happening. No, no. So is this going to be like one of those sitcom episodes where it's all flashbacks? <laughs> uh, Blake, are you going to, are you going to edit in flashbacks so throughout? I had intended to like have things on hand. Um, if I have time between the time that we record this and the release date, I may insert some things, but probably he not. Let's be real. I know. No, of course not. Well, we can He's drink. hundred percent not going to happen. Just like a hundred episodes at a hundred proof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking like, let's, there's some more substance to the conversation I want to get to, but, um, for each of you guys, like what are some of your, let's just do favorite episodes. We'll get into moments and, and other details later, but like favorite episodes overall, like what are some of your top episodes that you've you really enjoyed recording or if you listen to them because i've listened to all the episodes i know justin hasn't but you know it'd be like that uh, no but i was present for them you were it's true uh but what but you know what i mean if there's episodes that you would go back and listen to or or things that you you know really enjoyed recording like what were some of your favorite episodes on the whole uh for me i have a couple that stick out in my mind in particular uh uh and partially because i've We've been on this journey together. I really enjoyed the first few episodes we actually recorded together in person. There are, they are our least polished, most absurd mm-hmm. episodes, but uh, I really enjoyed them because it was like our our introduction to podcasting. Yeah. It was our literally jumping off the deep end, uh, taking. And you guys were doing faith, it in person, it uh, yeah. not knowing yeah. what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and we got to hang out and like. It was it was early on too in our um and and sort of our rekindling of our friendship and spending yeah. time together. So it was a, there was a lot of bonding. It was good. It was it was really memorable. Um, and then you you can think where I could jump in. Well, I was just gonna say doing doing oh. the episode that I recorded with Eric on yeah. marriage. Oh yeah, <laughs> when yeah. Blake was did, off did, getting married. Did I was that was gonna be one of mine. Did that ever see the light of day? Blake. It's on Patreon for now. So <laughs> the, is it on the answer is no. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I, think we, I think we we might have gotten a little uh little out of a little crazy on that's that episode because dad wasn't there to rein us yeah. in. Perfect. It's terrifying Blake, Blake. that I'm the one to rein in. You are. <laughs> Dude. When it's Justin and I, any yeah, it gets crazy. Yeah. You're you're yeah. like mom, Blake. <laughs> those Presbyterians always parenting the Baptists, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a fun time because uh, if you're not part of Patreon, you need to you need to get on there so that you can hear this episode and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, the extended episodes with Sam and Joe; those ones are both really long. Absolutely, like three hours. Great Patreon, yeah, but they were Um, so good. They were, they were, and the James Um, Gallizal episodes like two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, no, but that episode that was fun because Justin just texts me up while Blake's on his honeymoon, and basically was like Blake's away. 
we're going to play kind of thing. Like, Hey, <laughs> hey can, you, can you record tonight? <laughs> and I was like, ah, let me move some stuff around. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it was a super last minute thing that he just, he and I did. And it was, that, so that much was fun. fun. And we, I guess I don't even remember what we said. I don't, I haven't re-listened to that. I, I haven't either, but I, I want to go back now and listen. We to got, it. And, yeah, we got yeah. crazy. We were talking about marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's great. Oh, Good man. times. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed, um, Obviously, like, I think I, I like go back to episode 37 is man, a bad guy with it, where where like the three of us really hung out and got it. Like, it was just a good discussion. And yeah. I've listened back to my one with um, uh, James LaBelle, where we tasted Octomore. Yeah. Which would have been a way great. better 100th Very episode good. tasting. Um, <laughs> that one was just a great like there's so many uh, rich pieces in there of just practical theology that yeah. um, mm-hmm. I aspire to. Obviously, Plus anytime Sam's come back. Well, no, no, this was, oh, yeah, I mean, James LaBelle has a little bit of an accent. He's not Doesn't like my he? pastor, though. Is he? Oh, I was thinking the one with your pastor. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. Well, that's our the most downloaded episode. The one with your pastor episode. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. he was fantastic. It's our most downloaded episode. I don't remember his name. Episode. That's why I forgot uh, Oh, the, uh, Mark Dunn. Uh, Mark Dunn, um, dude. I, and I do want to have him too. back to talk about the Reformed view of the supper in more detail, but um, yeah. that was super good. And then, like, I really enjoyed nerding out with James Dolezal and just kind of like downloading his brain into a podcast for two hours. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Yeah, that was, was so much fun, though. It was so intense. Amazing. I was like, I, mom, pick me up. I'm scared. I'm so overwhelmed right now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a lot no, of that fun That was ones. an incredible episode. Um, yeah. one, I also really enjoyed uh, the episode that Justin, you and I did without Blake, the one that did air. Oh yeah. Again, there's a there's a there's a trend happening here. It's whenever yeah. it's you and I, not no, <laughs> without Blake. Presby's. No, but that that one was fun because that was you in real time working through your your beliefs and convictions about theonomy. Theonomy, yeah. And so you have changed and grown during the, yeah. these past three years. I think all three of us have, and I think that yeah. might be fun. Are there are there areas where we've either changed, um, some, maybe not like as blatant as like, oh, this doctrine I was this and now i'm believing this mm-hmm. instead and it's but but definitely shifts um yeah. that was that was a fun episode yeah not the episode itself necessarily but working through that with you yeah. you know was a really cool time yeah that that was because my, my my journey through reformed theology has been very interesting in that sense uh you know i, I and we've talked about this before i started i i got sucked into like mark driscoll and those guys for a while who eventually introduced me to Piper and then Sproul and then others. Um, oh, yeah, I got to... Oh, yeah, we're all about to switch I got our whiskeys Glenn, over. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to interrupt. No, no, I got some Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve here. We all just, for, for those not on Patreon, you're missing out. because we all. I like help. how we're all keeping it scotch. Now yeah. that we're finishing the, the blue label, I, we're keeping it. Yeah. yeah. I'm Thank just going to say, the thing I'm replacing blue label with, I could get at least two, maybe three of these bottles for the price of a blue mm-hmm. label, and I would do that yeah. 100% yeah, of the time. Yeah. Same. Me too. I'm, uh, I'm I'm replacing it with a Kilhoman Seneg. I haven't poured it yet, but I'll let you know. You'll you'll probably hear some um, n- noises of enjoyment. <laughs> so oh yeah, I'm, I'm switching to Talisker Distillers Edition because I just love it. So yeah, uh, working through theonomy was interesting because mm-hmm. I got sucked into that side of Baptist theology for a while before. Kind of coming full circle, yeah, bouncing. It's not really Baptist theology. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but I, I and I, I left there, and I actually bounced off of Pado Baptist theology for a while. Uh, even even you know, I was working through talking with Blake, and he was like getting all excited <laughs> as he would. Um, 
but I was I was reading the the Presbyterian stuff and then the the Continental stuff, the Dutch stuff, and it almost sucked me in, but it forced me uh, it forced me to reevaluate everything, and and I ended up uh, in sixteen eighty nine federalism, which is much better. <laughs> much, yeah, much, I, much, I much that. better. So, what about what about you, Blake? What have you learned and changed and grown in? I mean, but as I, I as I get ready to pour my Glenlivet yeah. um, uh, Caribbean Reserve single malt, nice. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a there's a lot since we started the show. Um, I would say when we started, I don't think I had a very strong classical view of God per se. Like not like I was I was convictionally trinitarian i was still in my heretical background at that time and then left through the course of the show which is a whole other thing and i still want to do when, when we get towards the end of christology i want to talk about that at more length but um but I, like i came to really appreciate and value the covenantal framework of presbyterian theology and um really come to value confessions and creeds and catechisms um where before for my whole life I rejected them. Like I literally have a paper from college that was rejecting the the Nicene Creed as even a useful idea. Like like we shouldn't even have creeds kind of thing. And uh, it's it's a terrible paper. I can't wait to demolish it. But um, I've come a long way in that. I th- I think the biggest thing for me, and you'll probably hear that throughout the episode, is like just how important being in the church is and being with <laughs> the body of Christ is. And my sacramentology has enriched, um, like my understanding of baptism and the supper. And, and obviously we'll have our disagreements over baptism and the recipients of it, but as far as what it means and Mm -hmm. the covenantal Mm -hmm. significance of it, um, and just the ordinary means of grace, man, like that has been so transformative. And I mean, you've, you've seen, my wife has seen how the Lord has used the ordinary means week after week. Yeah. to sanctify and grow me i think more in the last three years than in a very long time yeah i mean when we started talking you were talking about the the, the desert fathers and the mystics and <laughs> all kinds of stuff oh we're all was, over the place that's yeah, pre-podcast and, by the way i wasn't yeah, promoting the, yeah. it on the show but I, I remember sitting down uh on on my couch at, at, at my uh-huh. at my own house and you were like this is where i'm at with the trinity and i was like what <laughs> It's like we started this Christian Reform podcast, and I'm like, hold up, <laughs> and I, and it was intense. It was like that was like a a, a moment that we <laughs> yeah. that we worked through, but but it was really cool to watch to kind of watch you work through that, yeah. um, and to see the the Lord work in the people in your life and in your church, uh, in the whole the whole thing with like you leaving and leaving the Unitarian Church and and, and joining the Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a yeah. huge blessing. To watch that, and, yeah, and, uh, I remember that. That was that yeah, was intense, that was awesome. man. And my wife, you know, my wife was like, "I'm really glad that you are have a firm Orthodox Trinitarianism, because otherwise, it would have been wow, you're really great." But man, <laughs> good for her, man. I like her. She's yeah. awesome, and she's a Baptist. So. Yeah, you know, you, know, you yeah. guys keep bringing that up, but <laughs> soon, 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 Blake will be like, "Oh, another thing about my doctrine has changed. <laughs> I'm a Baptist now." <laughs> uh. We're gonna do the opposite of the reform pubcast. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> uh, we got to man. That, then we can stop being compared to the reform pubcast. We, and yeah. we definitely are Baptist not. for that reason. Then we for can change reason. our name Just... to the more reformed podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's actually why uh, why we brought Eric in was so we can not be uh, you know compared to the reform pubcast. So 
that was the real reason. We're, <laughs> we're a three-person show some of the time. Uh, but it's been great now. And, and having Eric along truly has been like such a blessing because yeah. um, while I don't – I struggle a lot of the time when we have a lot of people on the show because I find once you get to a certain, I guess, density, it just gets hard to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we've had some really great – really great episodes but it's not really conversational it's a lot of times like one of us asks the guest a question and then we get a long point and then someone else jumps in and then we get along which is great that's why we want our guests but like i find with eric it's just like you fold right into the conversation and it's just like three dudes sitting yeah. around drinking whiskey talking about jesus which yeah i cool. love that well if we're just sitting around talking i'd feel just as uncomfortable for having this conversation if we were doing you know not on camera. So let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> you know. Well, speaking of that, anyway. Eric, what are, what are, um, uh, you know, do you have any, like, how have you experienced any like theological either enriching uh, or changes? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back three years ago. I don't think any of my, the doctrines that I believe have shifted or changed, mm. um, in that time, but I, I definitely have become more sage stage. Mm. Um, I think, you know, three years ago, I was a little bit, I was still kind of in that cage stage a little bit, still kind of coming out of it. Um, and so there's, there's kind of this peace that I kind of have with my faith and the people around me and the Mm. relationships that I have with, you know, family members that are unbelieving and things like that, that don't cause me as much anxiety maybe Mm. as before. Um, I think you're okay with being people being wrong. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I have I've had to I've had to learn to live with that. They can't all be yeah like me. No, um, but uh, this, so there's that. Like just kind of my general, I think, demeanor. Um, yeah. Man, I I've life has gotten busier. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this kind of off off episodes and stuff. Um, yeah. with work and more stressful all around over the past three years. And I've found that my time reading and, and spending deep in theological thought, um, contemplating these things is not as regular as it once was, you know, maybe three sure. years ago. And that's a negative, I think. Um, I know it's a season. And, and with me, I have varying, you know, I, 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 I go through seasons. Um, Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so these conversations you guys bringing me in have actually, and I've told you guys this a bunch of times have been a huge blessing to me. One, just getting to know you guys, you're amazing dudes and you're such an encouragement to me. But one of the ways you are an encouragement is you are, it's, you're like, Hey, let's talk about X topic, you know, this thing. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to sound totally stupid, more stupid than I am. So I have to actually like do some thinking on this again like it it might be something that i had thought about read you know researched um but it had been a long time and so i've had to kind of you know blow off the dust you know shake the cobwebs off in my brain and that's been really helpful it's this kind of thing you're the episodes you guys put out and you guys bringing me into them have encouraged me to continue on in this Mm -hmm. journey of of um just digging deeper into who God is mm. in his truth and all the facets of scripture and the, and all that. So it's, that's, that's been huge for me over the past three years. I don't know. I can't point to any, I'm sure there has been something, but I can't point to any like specific theological change yeah. 
in three years, but yeah. Well, yeah, you kind of had uh, some of the transitions I think Justin and I were hitting just before the podcast from what I know of, of your journey, Eric, were like, you had a couple of years earlier. Oh, years. Yeah. 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 Like, what you guys were going through leading up to this podcast and early on, I went through those years before that. Yeah. But that's why it was so enjoyable when I first started listening with up from episode one. Yeah. Um, hearing you guys kind of talk about that and go through some of those journeys and, yeah. you know, get really cagey about certain <laughs> topics and then, you know, see you guys get more sagey about them and, yeah. and all that. So it's been, that's been really cool because it's, in a lot of ways it's been similar to my own journey. So yeah, um, that's good yeah. stuff, man. But, but another, another episode, if we're talking about other highlights, like, yeah, I mean, uh, if we're talking about changes, it, so the episode with Kim Riddlebarger is always going to hold a mm. special place in my heart mm. because my buddy Greg, um, that was one among many things that he was kind of looking at, at the time, but he cited and he told me that that episode really, um, had an impact on him becoming Amil, right so i'm like that's awesome like it's it's really cool seeing what you guys are doing the guests you're bringing on um having an impact on people i know's lives like other people in my life so that's just a really yeah. cool thing like that was super cool hearing that one thing that i've found that has been really encouraging for for both of us as we've continued to do the podcast is every once in a while, we'll get a message from somebody who's just like, you know, because of this podcast or because of you guys, you know, I've come out of such and such, like, you know, I've come out yeah. of the word of faith or I've come out of, you know, Pente crazy Pentecostalism or I've come out of other weird theological backgrounds. Uh, and then they've been introduced to reformed theology, uh, Calvinism, uh, some of these other more heavy doctrines that, that they otherwise were never hearing in some of these other churches um, and their lives have been really transformed and changed. And, and for some reason, God has used the foolishness of our podcast uh, to impact uh, some of these people's lives. And that's been really, really encouraging for, for us yeah. um, to, in something that we, we didn't expect. We, it's not like we were seeking any, any sort of, you know, we just love talking about theology and drinking whiskey. And so we figured yeah. other people might enjoy it as well. And then, and then we've started seeing things like that, and that's been huge. It's been like, okay, well, on the days we don't feel like podcasting so much, it's like we can look at that and say, well, God's using it in some way. You know, mm -hmm. let's continue to continue to push forward and try to glorify Him the best we can uh, with our silly little show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've it's oh, go ahead, Eric. No, 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 no. I was just gonna echo. It's, it's been really awesome seeing. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And it's been funny as I, as I've gotten into, you know, like becoming a member of a truly reformed Presbyterian church. Um, like there are members in there who are like, wait a minute, you host that podcast. And I was like, stop <laughs> it. Mm -hmm. It's -uh. so wild, man. And then, so famous. and then you know, autographs, it's just so weird. <laughs> autographs. And then some of us have talked about it and I'm like, signs, bottles of whiskey. Yeah, that's it. And I'm like, man, this is so <laughs> encouraging to, um, to be able to share this with people, like there was a couple that just started coming to the church recently who my wife and I had lunch with. And, and it was funny because the, the wives were like relieved that their husbands had someone to nerd about theology too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cause they're like, we love you, sweet, but just like, can you, you know, share this with someone else. <laughs> and so he and I were just going and going and going and going and going. And it was really, really fun. And then to share the podcast with him was cool. Cause he's like, I don't care about distilled spirits, but like, I know oh, but you the will structure. after yeah. listening to this, <laughs> but I know that like you're, you're going deep in this theological content. And, yeah. um, 
you know, it's funny. I was I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was telling Justin this when I drove out uh, for your for your wedding reception. Like I was listening to podcasts, and just like every medium, everything starts to have a sound. You know, like mm-hmm. local news reads like their cadence, and and I, there's a reason I like news is grading to me, and it's the cadence of reading a teleprompter. Right, like you say, it's not the the lies. No, well, the I mean, there's news. that too, but but honestly, it's the it's the grating sound of of that tone, right? It's like, like they'd be like, in local history today in 381, Arius has been condemned as a heretic. Live at five with the information, like it's just taxing to listen to. But then I listen and talk show. But podcasts. you're so good at it, Blake. Thanks, and and like talk radio and talk podcasts, like we all kind of sound the same, and we all have the same kind of cadences, and. And so I'm really thrilled that people like choose to listen to our weird, quirky cadences. Well, and we're, sound we're a little effects. bit different. We're a little bit less uh, <laughs> orthodox in terms of our presentation. <laughs> I mean, yes, our, um, our theology is orthodox. Our podcast is not. Whoa! There's a tagline for uh, the next hundred episodes. I like it. I'm going to put a little little note on that timer. But speaking of orthodoxy and unorthodox, you know what time it is. Ooh. <laughs> We're about to play. Who wants to be a heretic? <laughs> it's a it's a spin-off of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And Justin has some some questions here for me and Eric to try to to try to guess. So uh hit us with your best shot. Hit your best shot. I that was playing in my head. I know, too. I got you. I'm here for it. <laughs> that was intentional. As all podcast, you know, I realized the podcast thing too is like speaking of my best shot because I do it in real life now, and people at my job look at me funny when I do that. I'm like, I'm transition. You know, it's a podcast transition. It's a segue. Yeah. Learn the lingo, yo. Anyways, so uh, I have some questions here. I have two questions here for you guys, uh, which oh, is twice it. as many as last time we played this game. It's true. <laughs> Last time we played it on Patreon only, so now it's coming to the this main podcast. And if you guys like so, it, let us know, because we'll keep it up. Yes. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> or we'll keep it up even if you don't like it. So, contestants, Blake, Eric. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. On the line here is nothing more than your pride. <laughs> it's a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label, but I didn't say what size bottle. Just <laughs> I don't know if that's an incentive or, a, or you know... A negative. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, who said the following quote? Jesus became an inventor of evil on that tree. Was it A, Kenneth Copeland, B, Todd White, C, T.D. Jakes, or D, Douglas Wilson? Bro. Oh. Why'd you have to make this so difficult? Oh, you threw that last one in. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, I, I I I don't think it's Doug. I mean, I don't think so either. I, but I, Eric, what, I think he's throwing that in just to confuse us. Right, I, I was thinking Copeland. I gotta go with, I gotta go with a Kenneth Copeland. That's what I was thinking. All right, yeah. Tell us the truth, Justin. Survey says. Oh man, it's gonna be Doug Wilson. It was Todd White in Dreadlocks Glory. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so he was doing a sermon on. Oh Jesus becoming gosh. sin, right? He who knew no sin became sin, right? Mm-hmm. He took I'll that very that literally. Happen. And he said things like, Jesus became an enter- inventor of evil on that tree. Jesus became child pornography on that tree. That's what he said. That's I was waiting for the words. lightning bolts That's to come out of the sky. 
bro. That is so bad. That is yeah. so bad. And and he goes through and he lists like all the sins you can think of and says that he, you know, he became those things literally in a literal sense. He became a murderer. Yep. While he was being murdered. Well, he was being hermeneutics, <laughs> bro. Mm-hmm. They don't Never matter when you're Todd White. Uh, listen. You can you can fix inconsistent leg lengths, and then you can have inconsistent <laughs> sermons. <laughs> hey, at least everyone who knows him have consistent leg lengths. That's it, man. You know, there's a he's, there's he's a shocking number of people with, with legs at different lengths. Yeah, yeah but at least his crew his crew all has got you know they don't got a limp. He rolls have, deep with yeah. a, with a straight legged crew. You <laughs> they know. Have no back, no lower back problems in his team, bro. No. You said you had another one? <laughs> I do. Gosh. Oh, man. Hold on. Let me let this just play itself out here before we uh, bring the, the other sound Why? back. All right, Why Justin. Why are we doing that? Question number two. <laughs> All right, question number two. Double or nothing? Oh, double nothing <laughs> is nothing. You mean I can have my pride back? <laughs> Eric, that's sin. <laughs> that's what why I answered the question wrong intentionally. Yeah. I knew the answer was Todd White, but I was like, this is for my pride, as Justin said earlier. I don't want oh, my pride. I love this show. All right. Uh, all right. What? what is it called when you lay on the grave of a dead Christian oh, to know. absorb their leftover mantles and anointings? What? I know this one. Is it Soul a, sucking? Wait, is it a something, right? gift grasping? Gift grasping. B, miracle osmosis. C, grave soaking, or D, anointing absorbing. I think it's. Wait, what? <laughs> what did they call? Did you call, you came up with all of those? What? No. Uh, that, well, yeah. The right yeah no, read those off again because those are those are beautiful answers that you came right. up with. So I'll, I'll read the question again. Okay. What's it called well, when gotta... you lay in the grave of a dead Christian to absorb their leftover mantles and anointings? Okay. Is it called? <laughs> Gift grasping, <laughs> miracle osmosis, grave soaking, or anointing absorbing. I think it's grave soaking. I'm gonna say grave soaking. I'm gonna Blake. say D just to, just because. <laughs> anointing absorbing, bro. Uh, it is called grave soaking, and it is practiced oh. by our good friends over at Bethel. Woo. Congratulations, grave Eric. Soaking. There it is. Got my pride back, yo. Yeah. Eric is the champion. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Oh, I, I, like, I love that. That was so awesome. Wow. Those were some creative names you Those came up with there, you know? Justin. And the problem was, uh, what's what's the actual one called? Grave Soak? That's like yeah. not the craziest of them. That's you the know? weird part. Yeah. Miracle Osmosis. Well, listen, they, they they have a whole school, Hogwarts School of Supernatural <laughs> Ministry. <laughs> they do. You said you said that was Bethel. Yeah, it does yeah. That? Bethel. Oh, Bethel's man. been caught doing this. They, they they've tried to come out and say no, we don't do that. But but there's videos. They do of do doing that. that. And there's videos of them doing that. His wife was doing that. Um, yeah. Look, it it's. We're not on this discussion tonight. We're not talking about regular principle or worship, but like if you're arguing that like it's totally neutral to use songs written by Bethel, it it isn't. You're wrong. Like mm. this would be like, well, the prophets of Baal had some really you know good what? songs Actually, about, you, you know, how God is loving. <laughs> yeah, you know, in all in all seriousness though, like that that would be an interesting conversation. Have you guys 
had that like a whole episode on that topic. I don't, I don't think, think so. Uh, yet. No, we haven't. I think we should. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say my dad. I would actually, love to be part of that because my, that's that's something I've had to work through. Yep. You know, someone who plays music at a church, mm-hmm. um, yep. like that kind of stuff. Like I would love Same. to. I did for have years. that conversation. That's Me that's too. an it's yeah. an important thing that I've personally witnessed a lot of people coming into our church and talked with other people going to other churches that have had to work through mm-hmm. their own convictions. Yeah. Can I feel comfortable singing this song knowing who wrote this song? I mean, one of my, um, some of my, uh, one of my favorite worship songs um, was written by a guy named Dustin Kensrew. We may have talked about him in the past. I don't know. He's the, so. he's the singer for Thrice. Oh, wow. Um, he became a, he, he was reformed. He, he, he was, he was at Mars Hill. Um, hmm. He was one of the worship pastors at Mars Hill before that whole thing imploded. Um, but he wrote a whole album of, of songs that he now, um, I don't remember. I don't want to put words in his mouth. It, he doesn't believe those same things anymore, and and um, and that's been really hard for me as someone who's celebrated his music for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the songs are still very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so much truth contained in those lyrics. Sure, but if a church plays them, what? We, Sorry, I know this is we're going off on tangent. No, but no, no. Well, just the fact that you brought this up. Yeah. This is my world. Like I, I yeah. you can see I've got a bunch of guitars behind me. I, I, like yeah. music is something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. And so where you know, my love of music and worshiping our creator, where those collide. Yeah. And how to do that along with, you know, the regulative principle and and um people's consciences in a church. How do you walk that line? It's very interesting. Eric, there's a book coming out. My it's not out yet, but it, it'll be out soon. Uh, my dad actually and I were talking about this last night because um, he's a big fan of uh, Elisa Childers who who has an apologetics podcast. And oh, yeah. She's great. Um, I'd like to actually have her on the show at some point to talk about even something like this or apologetics. Just, but That wasn't very patriarchy of you. <laughs> that's, that's She's not a, a pastor. Or a t- t- anyway, uh, so uh, but she, she was mentioning a book uh, that she read that's coming out uh, about specifically about that, about singing songs from churches like Bethel and Hillsong and these other churches that are that are uh, involved in tremendous heretical teachings and if it's okay mm-hmm. and if it's acceptable because she she used to be of the, the position you know as long as each song stands on its own you know and as long as the content of that song is good it's perfectly acceptable to sing and blah 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 but she's changed her mind since reading this book She's actually shifted her position. I would love to read that book because I'll say right now, and I know we're on a, a tangent, but I would love to have I this conversation the because it sounds like like uh, you guys are pretty firm on one side and I might be on the other side. Oh, I love mm-hmm. this. So so I would see this more as a Romans 14 meat sacrifice to idols thing, Ooh. which is interesting because we're not talking about the the gathering of the saints, worship on the Lord's day and the regulative principle and mm-hmm. and does something like personal conscience come into play sure now where i personally will fight against my own view is not so much is it okay to do that i might Mm -hmm. say if your conscience allows it yes but if you have members in your congregation Mm -hmm. whose conscience doesn't allow them to sing when those songs come up ought the the church uh for the weaker brother's sake not sing those songs even if those songs could theoretically be sung in a non-sinful manner Ooh. Well, right, so, and, and so yeah. I, anyway. If you're and if you're and if you're posting music written by others and and showing whom the songs were written by, mm-hmm. you're endorse in some way that that Ooh. shows an endorsement 
I'm gonna put a yeah. little. I'm gonna right, put yeah, a little thumbtack in this. Yeah, because yeah we need to this talk will about be a whole later. episode. Yeah. We need so, a whole episode. So you guys <laughs> just got a little teaser there, and we'll we'll drink yeah, yeah. Johnny Walker Red Label um, <laughs> for that <laughs> one. Next, next time I'm on, I'm picking the whiskey because <laughs> I had to buy Bullet. I had to buy Blue Label. I'm gonna make you guys buy something. <laughs> I love it. This is the deal. This is the way. I'm currently drinking. I'm really loving this Talisker Distillers Edition. Yeah, um, dude, it's so good. I'm, I'm drinking that Kilhoman Seneg. It's there. Um, it's an Isla Scotch. About eighty percent of it is in is in used sherry casks, and so it's a smoky yet sweet. Um, there's a nice rubbery note to it, which you know most people will be like, I don't want rubber in my whiskey. I enjoy it, but um, <laughs> it's it's night and day different. I mean, it's forty six percent. It's a whole six percent more ABV. So <laughs> safely in the whiskey territory. Nice. Um, but I definitely recommend Kilhoman makes great stuff. I have had some of those. Yeah. They're really delicious. Yeah. Um, speaking of some great stuff, mm. uh, we've had some great guests on this show and obviously oh, yeah. I kind of, I kind of assume who you guys are going to pick, uh, but like what have been favorites on, All right, I don't want to say my favorite. Nope. No, who's no, my no, favorite? no. I don't want to say favorites. I want to no. say like, who have you like, I'll have, I have a Let me put it this way. Who have you, uh, <laughs> learned the most from and who oh. were you the most surprised by? Learn the like, most from in the moment in that episode or learn the most from just them and in their that body episode, of work? as a guest on oh, the show yeah not just episode. not the corpus of their work but like um, oh okay in the episode of like when we had them on like who who did you learn the most from and then who but, surprised you the most with their persona maybe or or okay. or something they said but i have a favorite you could <laughs> i mean i know who it is it's your best friend who is it who could it be who could it be uh, i don't know I, well actually i actually i'm questioning now it's sam yeah it's sam yeah it is sam no i have to say so we're talking about highlights for me one you guys bring me in the show and meeting you guys but like prior to you know being on that episode with sam and that extending into you know me being able to meet sam and hang out with him and um and he's such a great dude um he i've learned so much so much of my covenant theology uh which is a topic that is very near and dear to me and that has really you know shaped my my life learning about covenant theology that so much of that was impacted by the work of Sam. Um, a lot yeah. of other guys too, but he, he had a big role in it. And so mm. it was, it was a really, uh, it was an honor to, to, you know, be able to talk to him on that episode. So that's a, that's a highlight for me for sure. But you know, other favorites, Joe Thorne, he's a, just a stand up. Love that guy. Mm. He's, he's like my favorite as a person. He and I, you know, get along great. Like, I love that dude. James Dolezal, I mean, talk about in the moment, an episode, um, that was just, like you said earlier, like just mind blowing. Um, yeah. All right. One of you guys, sorry. Awkward silence. Justin, up to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously in all of my baptistic tendencies, meeting, meeting Sam and meeting Joe were awesome. Uh, I yeah. really enjoyed getting to know them. Uh, I have exchanged some absurd texts with Joe since uh, <laughs> since that episode. Um, I was actually just texting him today, and uh, so that's been exciting um, to get to know those guys. Uh, drinking theology from a fire hose from James was amazing. Um, having Kim on uh, Adonis was awesome. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, all these guys have been uh, really tremendous. Um, it's hard it's hard to to like to say you know i learned this much or i learned that much from each one of them um no oh, yeah i i think i really enjoyed i i think i really learned a lot from uh from carl 
Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In particular, in terms of uh, understanding um, a more broad, giving give me a more broad understanding of my Presbyterian brothers um, in terms of their views on covenant theology and so on. Um, that's been really helpful uh, because the last thing I want to do is misrepresent you guys as well. And that's a topic that comes up all the time, almost on a daily basis, <laughs> being on the internet, you know. Uh, so being able to 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 make sure that um, I can be truthful even when I'm correcting your errors. <laughs> no, but this guy, I, you know, I, I I really appreciated that. And yeah, um, man, I I could just I mean I could list list through all of them really, you know, yeah, Scott Gage and oh yeah, dude, all those guys. So fun. Oh yeah. What are yours, Blake? Because I have I have one other thought. Oh yeah, so I, I want to so, hold it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I. I really enjoyed it. I still have to finish getting this episode out to the main podcast, but for our Patreons, you guys got to hear my discussion with Dr. Uh, G.K. Beale about biblical theology. And like mm. that one, between that one and talking to James Dolezal was like drinking from a fire hose both yeah. times. I was like, oh my gosh. And obviously James was just amazing and fun to listen to. And I, and I put a lot of work into trying to make sure that we didn't just rehash other content that's out there. Like I really wanted to go in a different direction than every other podcast he's been on. And I, I, I'm not sure I achieved that, but I think of the ones that I had listened to, we went in a, in a different direction. Um, so I really appreciated his time. I thought Matthew Barrett did such a good job and mm. was so like yeah. chill mm-hmm. in his Man, explanation of the Trinity. I, I, so many episodes. I know that one was like recent, but like I keep forgetting like, oh yeah, you had that person. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you guys had an episode on that topic. I mean, when you've yeah. done a hundred episodes, a lot of topics, a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Matthew Barrett. That was great. Matthew Barrett was great. And obviously like Carl and Todd are just mm-hmm. the older version of me and Justin, like mortification of spin. They just rag on each other the same way and it's beautiful and mm. thoroughly yeah. enjoyed hanging out with them. Sam is just amazing. Like, especially I I've recommended the impassibility episode to so yes. many people because I think Sam delves this issue pastorally and with warmth and tenderness. And it doesn't come off as like, God doesn't have feels you're stupid. Like he, which I think sometimes on online interactions, people, I, I think people straw man that as like the impassibility view. People come off that way, but yeah, I've seen people interact sure. that way. I'm also like, yeah, Scott engaged. Like that was really fun. And then talking with Austin mm-hmm. rifle about the canon of scripture, like, yeah. And talking to your dad about the sanctity of human life and the pro-life movement and Francis Schaefer yeah. and talking to my brother about COVID and talking to Tony about a couple different mm-hmm. topics. Yeah. Um, talking to Nick Vizzle back in the day. And, uh, Dude, yes. Talking about GTI. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the, <laughs> yeah. Distilling cars. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's well, just been really fun. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. One of our most out, our fourth or fifth most downloaded episode is the one with uh, Luke Pearson about yeah. millennialism, yeah. which I think is interesting. So yeah, I, I appreciated the, the, where I really, I think um, this was, gosh, three years ago. It was like, I don't know, episode eight when you had less on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys were talking about spirit and truth and it was two parter. And you didn't it was episode nine A like and nine B. <laughs> yeah. Hold but nine B yeah. came out like a year later or Hold something. Up. It was, it was, I could tell you exactly. Nine A was December 14th and nine B was April 20th. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. So there's a nine A, nine B. Does that make this the 101st episode? Shh. Really? Uh oh. <laughs> the matrix has been broken. Anyway, no one's going to know. Um, They're going to know. I, episode nine. Okay. I was close. I said eight. But I remember listening back then, and one, your production was getting better uh, around that time. But two, like, you guys bagged Les. That was, like, your first big guest, if I it remember was. right. Yeah. And, and it's we funny thinking him. of, like, Les is big, but, like, he is. He's done so much work in this oh, area, in, in these circles. 
and he's done so much for the church and his, you know, the documentaries he's put out. Yeah. And I remember that being a really great conversation. Uh, you guys were really laid back with him and it was, it was, a, I, it's been years now since I've listened to it, but I remember yeah. that being like a, a high point for me personally, when I was listening before I'd even met you guys, um, where I was like, Oh, this is a, okay. They're kind of hitting their stride. Like they're figuring out what they're doing. And that was a really great interview. Um, and yeah. I think that's carried into all the other interviews where you've turned into like, there's still the episodes you guys do together, which are fantastic. Um, and they're, they're, it's, it's conversational. It's educational primarily, but you, it went from that episode nine to we're going to turn this into an interview thing as, as often as possible, bring in the quote unquote experts yeah. to talk on these topics yeah, and that, and this is, you know, I'm going to point out the transition I'm actually trying to make because I, I mean everything I'm saying. But what when you said what surprised you, like what, what episode did you maybe learn the most from, and then what episode or personality or whatever surprised you the most? Um, I don't remember the name of your pastor. You told me you told me just oh, Mark Dunn. Mark Dunn. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That episode. When I also listened to that episode, it highlighted something that I was already I was learning myself with the pastors of my own local church. Um, but it really highlighted it on a public level because you guys put the episode out to the world that his episode stands up against episodes with people who write and are public figures and who create Twitter controversies and who are, are these voices for these, these movements or these doctrinal, uh, things that are, that people are discussing, you know, he's Mark Dunn might not be a, a Sam Renahan or, or a James Dolezal or a Carl Truman or on the level of name recognition. Right. But his ability uh, to be pastoral and to speak authoritatively and confidently and clearly about a hugely important topic like that. Again, I was kind of learning that myself, the importance of a local church at that time. Um, yeah. But th- I kind of, that was a big deal. Like, uh, you know, you started interviewing these bigger names and mixed in there. One of them was your local pastor. And, uh, and not just because of his beautiful accent, but you yeah. have like this just like rich knowledge and care and wisdom and the mm-hmm. ability to explain things so clearly. And I think that's something that um, I mean, you guys are doing. You guys are a couple of nobodies. No offense. I am, too. Like, well, we're, just, we're nobodies. Right. And and you Keep guys are, you guys started a podcast and you're trying to uh, bless your brothers and sisters in Christ by um, continuing to reform semper reformanda, continuing to to learn about these truths and how to apply them to our everyday life. Yeah, and I like that, and I'm, I'm hoping that the church moves away from these big personalities. Yeah, the church broadly speaking, celebrity I mean, celebrity culture. Celebrity pastor, celebrity culture, yeah. this like uh, celebrity worship. Yeah. I understand that there are people who who make big strides. Somebody will write a book, and that book um, creates waves, and that person gets recognition, notoriety for it, and they they are interviewed a lot, and they carry weight. <laughs> Someone like Vody Bakum, right? Yeah, 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 and that's important. Like, I think that that's. I don't think any of the men that you guys have had on um, were seeking fame, fortune, celebrity, um, but it does come for them if they if they you know do something notable um and it was really encouraging hearing mark dunn's episode i remember back then and it was very pastoral um yeah i'd say that was a surprising episode and and something really cool that uh i would love to see more of like i think it'd be cool to get you know 
in the next hundred episodes, get a few more local pastors because pastors are speakers. They speak yeah. on Sunday mornings. Like I, I'm here stumbling yeah. over my words. I've I said, um, and like, and stuttering here, but they're able to get up or get on a podcast and speak clearly about a topic because they do that every Sunday morning. Mm. And I would love to see people that listen to these episodes. I'm hoping, you know, whether they listen to that episode with Mark Dunn or just the, the, the theological topics that you guys talk about, uh, I would love to see them get more invested in their local church and their takeaway being like, I don't need to know exactly what Piper believes or what B- Vody Balcom right. believes or yeah. what Carl Truman believes. It doesn't have to be like this personality that I follow. Yeah. I can chew out, you know, chew the meat and spit out the bone, but these aren't celebrities. These are just men trying to serve the church. Yeah. Um, and my pastor is doing the same thing. If the pastor that's impacting you most isn't your local pastor, and it's one of these celebrity pastors, then you have a problem. Yeah. You have a big problem. That was one of the best things in Les's first film, Calvinist. Yeah. I think it mm-hmm. was um, sp- sp- ironic, right? Paul Washer. But he was saying something like, if you're, you could be listening to the best preaching in the world, you know, sitting in a coffee shop by yourself, and you are in sin. Mm-hmm. If you, if you not, mean it's like a Sunday morning and you're not, yeah, you're, you're, you're not actually connected to the body the of Christ. You know, yeah, you yeah. could be listening to the, the best preaching in the world, but if you're not connected to the body and you're not actively like receiving those ordinary means of grace, um, then what are you doing? You know, and, and that's been a challenge to me. I was saying that was one of the things that's really transitioned for me. And I'm so glad you highlighted that, Eric, like sitting under the ministry of the word week after week, participating in the supper having been baptized, um, participating in prayer, the communion of the saints, these things have, I, I, I can't point to like a moment where I'm like, oh yeah, I had a really fu- warm and fuzzy feeling, you know, or like, oh, well, I, I was really sinful here and then I, I took communion, you know, or, or repented and took communion and now like I'm, I'm great. Like I can't point to some big moment like that. And I think evangelicalism in America, it's easy to pick sure. on. So, and, and we do it too. But we're we're prompt we're we're prone to point at these big moments, and I think the progressive nature of sanctification is that like it's going to happen slowly over time through ordinary things. And that was in Les's second film about worship, like Spirit and Truth. Yeah, how Great beautiful is reform worship? Go because, watch it. Yeah, go yeah. watch Spirit and Truth because like people make fun of it, but it's like okay, well, how much more simple can you get than a guy reading an old book, bread and wine, and singing? Like you don't need a light show and you don't need to get the fog machine so the Holy Spirit what? is free to move. Like what? Or 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 incense if you're, you know, a high church kind of person. Like you don't need these trappings. What you need is the simplicity and and I think in some ways the simplicity and like the baby's crying because we're in a in a joint service, like and the the like awkward family dynamic of a big church like that. Or well, I say a big church, like a hundred people. That's a big church to me. Um like as it should be yeah like this this simplicity where like there's elders there's deacons there's the pastor and everyone's serving like it's so good and i don't know if you guys caught ligonier released the state of theology Mm. the annual like i call it the state of theological depression survey Mm. i just want to highlight a couple things and then you know we can talk and this ties right into what you're saying eric about the local church because like, listen to some of these respondents, right? This is U.S. adult. Let me get to evangelicals. So they did, I forget how they define evangelicals. So um, 
uh, I think it's people that like attend church. It, it's basically like once a month, or, or maybe it was it's twice such a, a month. Yeah, it's such a broad category. But it was still a help. It was still meaningful, though. It was yeah. like clearly they, they not attend just... on a semi-regular basis. Probably not, maybe not members, but they attend on a. I think it was like twice a month, though. It's still twice decent. That's pretty regular. So yeah, this yeah. question here is: Does God change? And I'm not even going to read the U.S. adult. I'm just going to read the evangelical. God. So statement number four: God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Only. 43% disagreed with mm. that statement. 48% of U.S. evangelicals agree that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. More people mm. agreed with it than disagreed with it mm-hmm. yeah. of these so-called evangelicals. And in evangelicals, 65% agree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Yikes. Does church... Yeah. Well, bear in mind, folks, as we read these things, like we were, we were there at one point. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no this is not. Yeah. But this I'm, is. I'm, ta- I'm speaking yeah. to myself. I'm like listening mm. to this. I'm like, yikes! And then I'm like, well. <laughs> oh well, I mean, and I'm the biggest former heretic of them all. You know, yeah. like I, I have nothing but empathy. But at the same time, I recognize this isn't a failure. It's very of individuals. heartbreaking. Yeah, that's this, what it is. It's hard. It's yeah. sad. It's heartbreaking, yeah. Justin. Like the, yeah. the feeling, and, and and I could see where uh, at you catch me on the wrong day. Uh, yeah. Where I this would puff me up, and I'd say at least yeah. I'm not like that oh, Pharisee yeah. or that 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 guy, the poor man. Yeah. At least yeah. I'm not like that guy. I'm not like those um, sinners over there. Those right. sinners, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but right now in this context, I mean, hearing yeah, these numbers, it sucks. It it makes me so sad. Yeah. Well, and so sad. and I want to emphasize this. I don't think this isn't. I don't think this is a failure of the sheep in the pews. I think this is a failure in the pulpits. I think this yeah, is absolutely. A failure. And Tony was talking about this a while back because he preaches occasionally as, as an elder at his church um, in New Hampshire and was saying, like, we who are called to serve the church with the ministry of the word have a responsibility to teach yes. sound doctrine. Uh, it was interesting. Some of the cultural ones were, like, very heavy on, you know, people were affirming biblical sexual ethics, which is fantastic. Like, we we want to... Uh, agree with that but this one is just really hard um statement number mm-hmm. seven jesus was a great teacher but he was not god 43 percent among u.s evangelicals not u.s americans 43 percent agree with the statement jesus was a great teacher but he was not god like how do you consider how are we evangelical but we say jesus wasn't god is, is there one on scripture being the word of god i think so i don't remember I'm, i gotta go um well the reason i bring that up is because uh for two, for the last two or three hundred years, you didn't even call yourself a Christian unless you affirmed that. Yeah, the scriptures were indeed the inerrant word yeah. of God. I, I'm not going to read much further because, you know, you guys can look up state of theology Ligonier and read it. I hear it and it just kind of hurts my heart. Yeah, man, pains yeah. me. I'm like, oh, that's you're you're well, almost there. Like you're going to the scripture. I love yeah. that, but well, you're 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 Blake hit the nail on the head. The right, this is a problem with the pulpit. And this, yeah. this I think, is, is one of the problems with, it's no longer, we, we've become so comfortable, right, without any persecution yeah. in the West, really, for being Christians. We've become so comfortable with uh, being able to express our, our religious uh, freedoms freely that there's been, there's been nothing holding our feet to the fire. Yeah. And so there's been nothing forcing us to are forcing the preachers to, to dig in their heels. It's it's been really easy to get really shallow and to turn it into to turn church into a corporate enterprise rather than what it what it ought to be. And so we have these churches that have no sound doctrine coming out of them and haven't for decades. 
Yeah. And so now the lay people are, are, for lack of better terms, just dumb. We've become dumb because we don't mm-hmm. know doctrine. We don't know theology. We don't know. Uh, kids are growing up that do, that don't even know who Jesus is at all. Um, my dad used to give this anecdote of walking by of all the churches, the Roman Catholic Church, of course, across the street. Uh, but this little girl walked by and she goes, you know, who's the guy in the tea? Right. <laughs> People don't know anymore. And it's yeah. because nobody's preaching the gospel, the whole counsel of God. Yeah. And they're not teaching it because it's been so easy and comfortable to be, be a Christian here in the West mm-hmm. without any sort of real persecution. And, and I just, I, I don't think God is, I don't think God will permit that for, yeah. for a long time, <laughs> you know? Uh, so now look at the state of our culture. You know, yeah. uh, it's not, it's becoming more and more difficult slowly, but surely becoming m- more of a struggle to be a Christian and to do Christian things, truly Christian things. Yeah. Uh, more and more people are losing their jobs and, and, uh, there's, there's not persecution in what I would consider the real sense yet, but, yeah. the, but things are rising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think God will not permit his church to be astray for too long. Um, and if we look at if we look at redemptive history, what happens when his people t- turn away? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Things don't get pretty for a while, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you know who knows what's next. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but I, what I am grateful for is things like this podcast and and all the other reformed podcasts that have been uh, coming in, in into light uh, on a regular basis. Um, it's encouraging to see uh, our generation. Um, turning turning its back on modern evangelism, and and seeking for something more, with with substance, with uh, with with actual power to impact and change your life in a meaningful way, in a real way, and not just a superficial way, uh, like like so much has happened um, in the last several decades. So, yeah, um, I think this. I think when I look at a hundred episodes of this and that people are still listening, like that's an encouragement to me because it's like people care. Some people care. Yeah. The remnant cares. And, and yeah, that's, that's been a blessing. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I would just echo what Eric was saying earlier, like be in the local church, sit under good preaching, receive the supper, um, sit with prayer, be with the saints. Like there's that, Tony and Jesse were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on uh, Reformed Brotherhood, but it was like, it's kind of that cheesy analogy, but it's, but it's good. Like, oh, what, what good is a coal if you take it out of the heap of the fire and set it on? Like, it's like the youth group, the classic youth group thing, right? Like you take this coal out of the fire and you set it over here by itself, it's going to get cold. But like, that's, there's truth to that. Like mm-hmm. you take the believer out of the body, like what's going to happen? It's not good. And, yeah. you know, wh- like we've, we've harped on this for basically since the beginning of the show, but like creeds, confessions, and catechisms are really useful. Mm-hmm. Like they've been tested in the fires of heresy and they've been time-tested resources. And again, are they equal with scripture? Or about? Absolutely not. They're expositions of scripture, just like a sermon. And we've talked about this, mm-hmm. but like, um, you know, Crossway has that great resource, the, the creeds, confessions, and catechisms that uh, Chad Van Dixorn edited in this beautiful hardcover. And like, that is such a great, piece of like such a great book to have because you've got the Lenin Baptist, the Augsburg, the Belgic, the Westminster, um, the 39 articles, you've got all these catechisms and like, just read them. 
or or go to reformstandards.com and get them for free and like l- sit with the wisdom of the church like if we're going to sit with our pastors and sit with our peers like let's listen to the wisdom of those who've come before us and and then apply it in our local context in our local community um and what does the old testament say right teach these things to your children mhm like that is a that's a command that's an imperative you know, we it's always talk about the Old Testament command. Right? Know, yeah. It's an Old Testament. <laughs> Sorry, command. theonomy episode. Um, right, but, that's, <laughs> but, but we always talk <laughs> okay. about that, right? Like the the, the yeah, well, yeah. white horse in, right? The the imperative always follows the follows the indicative. Well, the indicative, indicative is yeah. we're in the covenant community. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, but then the imperative believers are. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Professing but, believers. Yeah. But then the imperative, <laughs> but whether you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian, I will. I, the imperative is to teach these things to your yes. children. One hundred percent. And I know yeah. you guys are Baptists, and as much as I want to joke about vipers it, and diapers and how you, no. you, you treat your children like pagans, I know both of you are catechizing and, and raising your children in the nurture and admonition because of the Lord. We're proclaiming the gospel to them. That's well, what it is. Amen. And it's what, good. What, yeah, that's the gospel. We want. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good, man. The three, the three C's, man. The trip C's. Yeah, confessions, triple, catechisms, triple creeds. Yeah. yeah, creeds, confessions, catechisms. It's so good. I'm gonna hold it up for Patreon so you guys can see the this beautiful edition from Crossway. Book. It's so good. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Justin's got to. Um. But yeah, guys. Basically, like, thank you guys for hanging out with us for a hundred episodes in three years. I'm amazed yeah. that people, anyone listened at all. And I, know. if I could sum up what you're saying, Blake, hit me with it. Um, the what you're trying to say is, you know what, everybody. Thanks for listening to 100 episodes of Distilling Theology, but we're just a bunch of bloviating nobodies. It's true. Go to church on Sunday, mm. listen to your pastors, read the works of the church that came before us. We were part read of a long tradition. Mm-hmm. And uh, who cares about, you know, a couple nobodies on podcasts? Amen. No, yeah, stop. no, no they, I, I, I'm not even, I haven't been part of that many episodes, but thank you for everyone that's listened this long. But you, you, seriously, like this mm-hmm. is, this is a, 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 this is the icing on the cake, man. The cake is at church on a Sunday. Amen. You guys listening to a podcast of a couple of guys, you know, drinking whiskey and no having Start conversations. Yeah, we're the, our, we're trying to learn ourselves, Amen. and we're trying to share what we're learning, and yeah. we're trying to grow and be sanctified, just like everybody listening to this. So, yeah. this is just the icing. This is not the cake. This is not the nope. main course. The main Amen. course you're going to find in your local church with the fellow believers around you that you can touch and hear and see in person and that you can serve and that you can Mm. be served by. Mm. I mean, I think Blake and Justin are serving in a sense the 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 church by putting this podcast out, but it's not the same, you know, it's not the same as you're in need. And that person that you, you know, on Sunday is, is helping you out. Like be part of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Do not, do not forsake the gathering because of Mm. a podcast. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is not yeah. church. No, yeah. no. I, I love, you know, the the old, not to tie us back to the Reformed Pubcast yet again, but their intro, <laughs> I think it's Tanner doing the voice. Uh, if you're a Christian listening to this show, your butt better be in a pew on Sunday. But oh, it's like, yeah, yes, right. yes, you know, yeah. and that's not legalism to say yeah, Christians do. do Christian things, you know, yeah. and I know most Imagine of our listeners that. know that. But but hopefully this is an encouragement to you guys, and I know a lot of you have been on this journey with us and are either ahead of us or are coming along with us or a little are a little like coming up to some of the things we're learning. Like, yeah, go be in the church. I mean, it's it's boring, it's simple, and that's the point. You know, it's mm-hmm. life lived. It's it's practical theology. It's not just abstractions. Well, it shouldn't be boring. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, it's not flashy. Yeah, it's, it's not, not complicated. It's not complicated. It's not flashy. It's yeah. not some big show. 
It is Christ and him crucified. It is his people that he's redeemed, uh, being together it's, and then loving each other and Joel loving their neighbors. No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to sound wait, effect wait, how, how do we, hold on a sec. How do we close this out again? So whatever you do. What, oh, wait, we, we got to do our, we got to do our, <laughs> I'm joking. Our never ending intro, uh, outro <laughs> according to, to Joe Thorne. Uh, but seriously, thank you guys for listening. And if you guys want more um, really solid content, be sure to check out our sponsors of this week's episode, which is Lagos 9, some of the most advanced Bible study software available. And if you go to logos.com slash distilling theology, uh, there's, for a limited time, some special offers available for you there. So be sure to check that out. But also remember, guys, Logos is a great tool. It combines a huge, ever-growing digital index library with a ton of features that help you to study the Bible deeply. And also, you know, just you can carry your library around in your pocket on your phone, which is pretty crazy. Like, that's the world we live in. We have no excuse uh, to not have these things. When you can have all four volumes of Herman Bobbing's Reform Dogmatics at your fingertips in your pocket at any given moment, bro, you know that we are living that in, Jesus is coming back soon. Time. Oh, okay, post note. <laughs> we but live I in actually, a society. <laughs> we live in a, I actually have a story about that that I'll keep very, very short uh, on my no, no, honeymoon. Save it for the patron. Save it for the patron. No, no, no. This, 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 a, this is a Logos point. This is a Logos point. So uh, I was, a Logos, okay. I was, uh, I was sitting at the doctor's office on my honeymoon because I had a double ear infection and I was in excruciating pain. And I'm just like waiting and waiting and waiting. I have no cell service. So I can't use any of my apps. And like a good millennial, I keep checking my phone every three seconds. And I finally just like went into Logos and opened Reform Dogmatics Volume 2 and just read for like 25 minutes while I was waiting for the doctor. So that is the power of Logos. You can, you can. And then uh, the doctor became saved. No, that, you, you know, I didn't add that part, but uh, that's like those memes of like, and that child grew up to be, uh, you know, George Bush. <laughs> like whatever. So, um, so Blake's saying that if you've got Logos, your comfort when you have an ear infection can be Herman Bovink. <laughs> you can, uh, true. I, I don't know where this joke is going. We're going to end it. Justin, if people yeah. want more reform podcast content, if they want a society as it were, uh, where can they go and what can they do? Well, they can join us and many others at reformpodcasts.com. It is the society of reform podcasts. And there are many. There is an abundance. <laughs> the cup overflow, as it were. Overflow. Uh, <laughs> that was very uh, name all these podcasts? <laughs> Justin, is it yeah. even humanly possible to name this many podcasts? I will Can do my do best. It? I don't know. We have the Five Points Church Planting <laughs> Podcast, the Assurance of Pardon, the Baptist Broadcast, the Bobcast, Distilling Theology. That's yours us. truly. Fox Den, Grace and Peace Radio, the Particular Baptist Podcast, Reform Brotherhood, Reform Standard, Restless, and Small Town Theologian. Check it out. Reformpodcasts.com. You'll have more content for your ear holes than you ever oh. thought possible. It's good. Ear holes like podcasts. <laughs> now, if you want more of us specifically, because you don't like the other people. You like you a lot like of us. icing on your cake. If you like a if you lot like of icing. true icing, whiskey flavored ice, icing. Let's be <laughs> real. If you like distilled icing on your cake, uh, Blake, where can they join us? Join uh, us on Facebook at facebook.com slash distilling theology, where we'll give you updates on all kinds of fun things. Also, follow us on Instagram uh, at distilling theology. We've been posting again actively now that uh, life is slowing down and. All that. We're on Twitter. We roast heretics occasionally and jump in on some Twitter beef. It's lots of fun. At Distilling Tea. And of course, the main place to be is 
facebook.com slash groups slash distilling theology we have over 800 members and are growing uh it's the most sage stage reformed facebook group on the internet and it's a lot of fun and we just enjoy it and it's super awesome and speaking of things that are super awesome and a lot of fun and some of the resources we mentioned this episode it's time for our giveaway folks it's time for our biggest giveaway ever 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 ever. oh we got that echo going um guys we've never done a giveaway this big uh i don't think anyone in the history of podcasting has ever done a giveaway this big maybe ever (laughs) not even joe rogan you get a car you get a car Uh, i'm I'm kidding but uh everyone gets a car but it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sweet. And there's something else cool, cool too, right, Justin? This is uh, it's not just the yeah. biggest giveaway. It's also the longest giveaway Whoa. ever. <laughs> A whole twenty days to enter. Yeah. It opens on ten eleven and closes on Reformation Day mm. ten thirty one. Amen. So that's a that's that's a long time. And you have to tell your friends and your family and your siblings and. Your coworkers and, and to procrastinate and on the last day. <laughs> yeah, let's be <laughs> Although I, I think we're gonna do the same thing we did with our last giveaway, where if you yeah, yeah. like come back each day, you can get more entries. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're not gonna want to miss all the it. entries. All the entries. Uh, you can get so many entries, more well, entries than your body has room for. More entries than well, we'll leave that for people's imagination. But uh, Justin, <laughs> what is our grand prize? So we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a little fun here because it's. It's a little diversified. We're diversifying the portfolio. But Justin, tell us about that grand prize. We're all about diversity here on Distilling Theology. <laughs> Listen, folks, uh, there's going to be two portions to the giveaway, glassware and books. Ooh. So in terms of glassware, uh, the grand prize winner will get a pair of the new Distilling Theology Canadian Glencairn glasses. You don't have to drink Canadian whiskey out of them, though. You can actually drink no, you, good whiskey In fact, whiskey you don't ever have to drink Canadian whiskey ever. ever. For any they're, just, they're just called that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we affirm. So does our live studio audience. Uh, uh, second place gets... You're going to get a DT Glencairn glass. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and Eric, what's the third place? <laughs> this is so good. Third place gets a DT rocks glass. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Pa- uh, well, actually, Patreon can't see this. I don't know why I'm showing it to you. Because uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're, <laughs> we're recording separately. But you know, <laughs> it's fine. This is awesome. Uh, There's nothing, nothing wrong here. That's all right. But the other exciting part of this giveaway, uh, and the thing that I'm really thrilled about, is that our friends at Westminster Seminary Press have provided us a copy of the Wonderful Works of God by Herman Bavinck, which will go to our grand prize winner, along with that pair of Canadian Glencairn glasses. Justin, in addition to the single Glencairn glass for second place, what do they have coming in the pipeline? They will win a copy of the Creeds, Confessions, and Catechisms, which was provided to us so graciously by Crossway Books. Mm. And in third place, Eric? Third place, in addition to their DT Rocks glass, will win a copy of the Valley of Vision. And yes, this is the good version, folks. This is the bonded leather, not the paperback version. And that has been provided by the most wonderful people over at Banner of Truth. Very kind of them. And to remind you, you can go to distillingtheology.com. Wait, 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 what? Hold on. Hold hold your horses. didn't they send us multiple copies? Oh, you're so right. Our friends at Banner... (gasps) 
sent us three copies of the Valley of Vision, which means everyone gets a Vav. You get a Vav. You get a Vav. Everyone gets a Valley of Vision. Well, all three winners uh, get a Valley of Vision, which uh, I think is pretty exciting. Thank you to but Benner wait, Truth. There's oh, more. shoot. I, Crossway <laughs> sent us three copies of Creed's Confessions and Catechisms. So everyone gets one of those. And, and another one. And another one. And in case you weren't already onto the, the shtick, Westminster Seminary Press also sent us three copies of the wonderful works of God. So, you know, everyone's a winner. And also, you're all getting two of the glasses. So, grand prize, two. Wait. Two I'm Canadian so glands. I know. We did this on, on purpose. So, grand prize. Just to confuse you. I am so it confused. Worked. All right. So, so the grand prize is two Canadian Glencairn glasses and one of each book. Uh, second place, two DT Glencairn glasses. Yes. One of each book. Third place, two DT Rocks glasses and one of each book. So, uh, so we are stoked. All it's our, the place, all the prizes are grand prizes. You know, yeah, everyone is elect prize, in this giveaway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there is no favoritism among uh, the DT Every winners. Every winner is elect. <laughs> Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. However, uh, I can confirm that everyone who wins this giveaway will get all three of these books. And uh, ultimately, what we wanted to do was say, hey, we've recommended these resources for like the last three years that we've been doing this podcast. So, you know, uh, we're really stoked. Thank you. Huge thank you to Westminster Seminary Press, Crossway, and Banner of Truth for providing us with three copies of each of these books. Uh, I'm super stoked, and I love seeing how confused Eric was because that's uh, <laughs> exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so, okay, this Eric, is now tell this us is where also they can get our them. longest giveaway announcement Whoa. ever. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> Joe Thorne. <laughs> how long is this outro? <laughs> we love it. We love it. So, yeah, go to distillingtheology.com slash giveaway and enter starting October 11th, and you have until. Reformation Day. Mm. Do Amen. it now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> I, mean, I I don't know who wouldn't want to be part of this giveaway, man. We got glassware, we got books, and uh, you know, we love you guys. You guys have made this show and the, the podcast group and especially our Patreons. You guys have made this amazing. And uh, we're really thrilled to be able to give back and uh, support the community. And also just these are great resources and we want them out <laughs> among our listenership. So You're a great resource. Thank you. All right, and if people of that want more stuff, resources from us, go let's enter. go to Patreon. <laughs> Listen, if you want to be part of our inner sanctum, our true family, if you want to be part of our household, as it were, <laughs> bro, join us on Patreon for four ninety nine a month. You can get early releases, we'll video streams, you. and a discount on shopdistillingtheology.com. If you feel so inclined to level up, join us at fourteen ninety nine, and you will get all of the above plus. Extra bonus content in a mug after three months. A special mug, a patron-only mug. It has a mustache on it. And if you like Eric, you like mustaches. Uh, guys, if you want to be truly elite family members, if you want to wear a tuxedo at our family reunion, join us at twenty nine ninety nine per month. You will get all of the above. But after three months, you will get an exclusive Distilling Theology Frosted Glencairn uh, which is a beautiful work of art. And if you join us, as many have, at forty nine ninety nine a month. The Johnny Walker get, Blue Label of... You will get Johnny Walker Blue Label. You will get two of the Frosted Glens and everything else. So, we love it. guys, 
Whatever oh, you is do. that outro over? I thought it wasn't going to ever end. <laughs> no, that was the, that the, was the patron. Outro. Uh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, guys, thanks for hanging out with us for 100 episodes. And here's to 100 more. And Justin. Amen. Yes, whatever you do. Whether you eat or drink. Do all to the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. Gloria. I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha